broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Live on the road, here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show here at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Going to be here. Unnecessary Roughness is going to go till 4 o'clock. Then Vinny Bonsignor will join the show at 4 o'clock from Indy. 4 to 6 p.m. will be in the huddle, but I'll still be here. Just missed my guy, uh, Raider, Raider Jay. He, uh, he came by, and uh, him and his own boy came by, and I, I, I didn't get a chance to hook him up with some prizes, and he's got to go catch a flight. So I apologize, Raider Jay. I do appreciate you coming by, though. Uh, next time, I'll definitely get a couple T-shirts for you guys. Uh, like I said, really feel bad that I wasn't able to hook you guys up. But uh, if you come by, you will get hooked up. And if I'm on the radio and we're talking and I'm interviewing someone or whatever, man, just come on over and hang out. Don't worry about me. Come on over, man. It's all good. I ain't doing nothing too serious. I'm just doing radio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There ain't, ain't no heart surgery or nothing going on, so don't don't ever feel like you're uh, you're bothering me. Come on by and hang out. We'd love to have you. Uh, speaking of love to have you, I know Raider Nation would love to have one Devontae Adams. It's being reported, and I haven't seen this official, but I've seen a lot of different you know tweets and messages and comments that Devontae Adams has recently purchased a home in Las Vegas. And as Vinny Bonsignor said, means nothing. A lot of people buy homes in Las Vegas. A lot of people have homes in Las Vegas and use them in the summertime only or vacation home only not saying that that's the case not saying that's not the case but that's what's being said is Devontae Adams has bought a house in Las Vegas so with that go ahead and hold that put that in the back of your brain and well we'll see if anything comes of it but I do know right now we have patiently on the phone lines we have my guy Fargo Raider waiting for me what's up Fargo welcome to the show oh thank you for having me Q and Demond. how y'all doing today chilling man chilling that's what I like to hear now I'll address pooper last so I'll start off by saying Well, we kinda know, you know how you feel. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll start off by saying I'm I'm with Tim in Texas. I've been chiming the bell for for Watson and I've seen him fall to us in the mock draft in the second and third round, which I think would be fair since, you know, he's per, he perceived to have a case of the drops, although in the senior bowl he didn't have any. You know, and that I'm right here I'm in Fargo is where N D S U is. So I've seen the man in person. And old boy can move, man. He yeah. can move, and he ain't scared of nobody. And I like that. Now, I say you go and you get JC. You know, you get him and you have him teach the young guys like Gilmore did him, and hopefully you get that kind of production or even half that kind of production out of the guys we already have on the roster. Now, lastly, <laughs> and I, I, I made my – I busted out my notebook like I always do. I had to point these out. Look, man, Pooper doesn't complain outright. But he does with his attitude. We've seen it that whole time he was in Oakland. You know, if he don't get the ball right away or he don't think he's getting the ball, he checks out. He starts moping on the sideline. He's got that uh, that fizz face on, looks like he's throwing some dookie, and he ain't having it. You know, we got tired of it. He was a pro bowler with us, and and he soured the nation. Yeah, he could be great, but also, like, you don't want to see your guy on the sideline when you have a chance to climb back. And he's over there pouting. I don't want to see that, you know? That What did Gruden say? Energy vampires. That's right there. That's him. You know, similarly to old um, shiny skin of a killer Batman dude. You know, he's an energy vampire. That's all I got to say about that, you know? And it rubbed me the wrong way when he was asked about leaving Oakland that he said that he finally felt like he was in the NFL. You know, I got some choice words for that, but I can't say them because we're on the air. I ain't trying to get booted. Good call. But, you know, yeah. 
And we're critical of him because of that. You know, like, yeah, he has that greatness in him at times, but great means that you're, do, that you're doing great things all the time consistently, not just when you think you can't, you should. Now, you think he's going to go to KC or to, to the Rams and that he's going to be great there when he's going to be the number three guy most likely? I doubt it. You get to see a lot of more pooper. That's nice. what I got to say about that. Thank you for taking my call. You guys have a good one. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Appreciate the call. Got a text from Rob in Oakland on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R, sticking with Amari Cooper. Cooper disappears when the team needs him the most. He doesn't fight hard to get open, and the defense keys in on him. He's too easily satisfied with good enough and doesn't keep pushing through. I was okay with letting him go to Dallas. That's from Rob in Oakland. Uh, that's exactly what I feel the exact same way. Jason and MD said, Q, you never lied about Cooper. He's soft. Disappears against top DBs. I was done when Pac-Man popped his helmet off and banged his head on the turf the first game of his career. But what killer, what killer me is that, what killed me in 2017, he let Josh Norman and DJ Swearinger talk noise to him all game and did nothing to respond. He was just quiet, got knocked out the game. I was good on him after that, just seen it too many times. And, of course, them drops was terrible. I'm good on Coop. Um, and uh, one more from East Bay Raider Gray, and then we'll get to Raider Mac. Coop is a sulker. And I'll tell you this. When the Raiders drafted him, and a lot of Raider Nation pointed this out, even when he stood there with his jersey in his hand after being drafted, he had that look on his face like he was not entertained and was not even happy to be there. And look, some people, that's just their personalities. Some people aren't all excited and fired up and happy all the time and this, that, and the other. I think he's just a different character-type guy, but it just – a lot of times it gives the bad, it gives the wrong vibe. Let me put it like that. Again, I don't blame someone for their personality not being the same as mine. Matter of fact, most people will be like, hey, I don't want to have a personality like you. you got, you're crazy. Like, you're nuts. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. But he just is, he's just a different dude. And, again, a lot of times I think it's easy to pick up on, uh, you know, the way, he's at, the way he seems feels like a bad attitude. And it just may be like, hey, that's just, just Coop being Coop. So, uh, good stuff, man. Thank you for those texts. Let's go out to uh, Raider Mac real quick, waiting on the Raider Nation listener line. What's up, Mac? What's up, Q? Hey, man, I just want to say y'all do a fantastic job every day. And you know what? I want to uh, – you and DeMond, I want to thank you guys for the Super Bowl weekend. I was one of the best weekends of sports radio. I've been listening listening for um, sports radio since Hacksaw, Hamilton, and all those guys back out here in L.A. But, man – and I just wanted to tell you guys, thank you for what y'all did that week. You. I had fun listening to y'all. Hey, um, I just want to say this. I'm not going to talk about Coop yet, but I do want to say this. We need to dress. We 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 need to get a a, a, a speedy receiver. Now I'm looking at Jameis Williams. Okay. Um, I think he I think he he fits the, the what what Ruggs was just a little bigger guy, and he, he he's the truth. I think that's it. But I want to say this, what you, you mentioned, and that's why I love your show, about those guys in the in the, in the uh, 40 years. That's ridiculous. You in the NFL, there's no reason for you. That kid was jumping up. You you crushed his dreams when you told him that. And at times, I'm a, I'm a track guy, and I ran track in high school, and I coached the track club. And I'm telling you, that's that what they did is, the time is too far off, just like what you just said. I even timed you myself with a stopwatch, and that time was way off. There's no way he ran a four. That, that, that's just wrong. And my last thing about Coop, you know, everybody's digging in on Coop, but you know one thing about Coop I like is that when 
Derek Carr and him was on the same page, they were unstoppable games. I was at games where they just corners couldn't stop him because of his route running. I don't right. care about that other stuff. Just catch the ball. Yeah, he dropped a few, but who does? Jerry Rice dropped a lot of balls when he first came into the league, and he started getting better and better at this. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. But, too, you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up, man. I'm always going to listen to you guys. Hey, thank you for the call, Mac, man. We definitely appreciate that, and that was a fun week in L.A. Uh, for Super Bowl week, man. That was something that we brought to Raider Nation Radio 920. It was the very first time we've ever done it in the history of the station. It won't be the last. We're already looking forward to Arizona, and then, of course, right here in Las Vegas, going to be on and popping. So, yeah, man, we're going to continue to do that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I'm interested in – there's so many different directions that the Raiders can go in the draft. I think that's what's so fun about it is that they could go with a big-time defender. They could go with a Jordan Davis. They could go with a big-time DB. They could go with a linebacker. They could go with a speedy wide receiver like you mentioned. The wide receiver class looks like it's pretty pretty deep as far as good wide receivers, but do you want a good one or do you want one who you think is great? You know, I think that's the biggest key for me. I think that's what I keep going back to is that the Raiders have gotten a lot of good. They have. They've done a good job with getting good. The Raiders need to find a way to get great. Find that great, like the Chiefs, they traded up, right? They went and got the guy they believed was going to be great, Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders need to make a move to go get their great. Who do they think is going to be their great? That's what I want to see. If you can find a great in the draft that could be a difference maker. And, I, and look, we've been talking a lot about Amari Cooper. I'll be the first to tell you, I was super excited when the Raiders drafted him. I was pumped. I was so glad they didn't draft Kevin White. Man, I would've, that would have been a nightmare. I was so glad. I'm an Alabama guy. I love Alabama football. I just do. And it just, there was times where Coop made me super excited, and then there was times I was like, what in the hell is he doing? What are you doing? And I, I got to admit and agree with the text that we got about, you know, when Pac-Man Jones was punking him at the Coliseum, that, that ran me hot too. You know, show a little fight, dude. Show a little fight, man. Put a little, put a little I would say I want to see some, some dog in that bark, but he don't even bark. <laughs> so there he's that dog that you know how you know you got friends and neighbors it's like oh man if someone breaks in my house they're gonna get everything because my dog don't do nothing that's amari cooper he don't bark he don't bite he don't do nothing sit around eat sleep and poop <laughs> Three thirteen is the time when we come back we'll take a couple more calls i got a couple texts or not texts but i got a couple uh, uh uh little nuggets that i want for cover three we'll do that when we come back this is radio nation radio nine twenty. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's been a lot of conversation this offseason, and our quarterback's going to be on the move. Will Aaron Rodgers suit up somewhere else? Will Russell Wilson suit up somewhere else? Could Derek Carr suit up somewhere else? There's been a lot of conversation about that. I don't believe that any of those quarterbacks are going anywhere. I think the guys that are playing where they're playing are going to end up playing where they're playing. That's just my feeling. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network has reported how serious are the commanders, the Washington football team, in their search for a new quarterback. Sources say they made a strong offer to the Seahawks on Russell Wilson. It didn't go anywhere, but a sign that Washington is ready to deal. And given what they have on their roster, they may be a quarterback away. Now, that might be going a little far as far as I'm concerned, saying a quarterback away, but I get what he's trying to say. So apparently the Washington football team really put in a, a strong push for Russell Wilson for his services and – Seattle said no, which goes back to my point of he ain't going nowhere. He's going to stay in uh, Seattle, and they're not going to let him go just for anything. Uh, Rappaport goes on to say Washington has called essentially everywhere about finding a quarterback. Their call to the Seahawks shows a commitment to swinging big. 
They went 7-10 and last year with a solid backup. A surefire starter changes everything for a team ready to compete. Again, I don't know how close I think they are to being a team that's going to compete. I think by default, honestly, the Cowboys are the, are the de facto NFC East winners. I just think that that's who they – I mean, I think they're going to be that team. But – then again, you never see a team in the NFC East win the division back-to-back years. You just don't. Yeah, and so. also, why would like? Because they could say we don't know what the exact offer was. But even if it is like, hey, we offered them three first. If it's not a player, three three first doesn't mean anything because, in theory, if they get Russell Wilson, they're going to be picking later in the draft. Who wants those late round draft pick? I mean, you know, yeah. back of the first back of the first round picks. Right. Well, that's that's one good point of it. And. Like I said before, even before the Raiders traded Khalil Mack, one of my arguments against trading them was you can have all the picks in the world, but if you don't do squat with them, what do they mean? Yeah, but but if it's like, but if in theory, if like, hey, Russell Wilson's going to take us to Super Bowl, if you get three first, if you get three picks and they all like 30, 31, 32, what good is that going to do you? Right. First round pick where you, hey, we, hey, we make this trade, we're going to be picking number one. Right. And like, maybe if they're like, hey, we'll give you Chase Young. Right. Well, I'll say this. I'll double down, and uh, he'll join us in about 40 minutes to talk about this tweet that he put out. Vinny Bonsignor, 31 minutes ago, said, as teams continue to look for quarterbacks, multiple teams have expressed interest in Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. Not a surprise at all. It's that time of year. Expect the interest to continue to heat up as long as Carr's contract situation remains as is. So uh, some people are tweeting at him like, oh, I can't believe you tweeted that. But he said, hey, I'm doing my job, and that's what's going on. That's what he's hearing, that multiple teams have reached out about Derek Carr. And look, just like the Raiders could reach out to any other team about any other quarterback, any other team could reach out about Derek Carr. It's not a big deal. I mean, it really isn't. Like the Washington football team, if they seriously went after Russell Wilson and Seattle just said no, you think they wouldn't call and say, hey, what's going on with Carr? Are you guys going to keep him? What will it take to get him? I wouldn't. This is the time of year, like Vinny said, this is the time of year to absolutely do that. You're supposed to make those kind of calls. You don't have to answer them and you don't have to say okay just because you called i'm going to give them up you don't have to do that it's just like when a job calls you and 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 wants to know your interest in another job i tell people all the time you take the call you listen to what they have to say it might be something worthwhile and it might not but you at least take the call so i wouldn't be shocked if teams were calling the raiders asking about car i'd be shocked if the raiders said yeah car's available that would shock me don't think that that is anything that's happening anytime soon I believe Carr will be under center when the season starts for the silver and black. Wanted to pass this on to you as well. Got a couple more notes. Uh, Cole Beasley, Buffalo Bills wide receiver. He's uh, Apparently he wants out of Buffalo. I guess it's not uh, all warm and fuzzy in Buffalo like he thought it was. Uh, and he's been a good player for the Buffalo Bills, but apparently him and his agent have uh, requested a trade, and Brandon Bean, the GM of the Bills, has said, okay, go ahead and find a trade. And they also said, we'll bring him back. We'll keep you. If you you know if you don't find a trade partner, we're not actively shopping you. But if you find a trade partner and it's reasonable and it works out, then boom, there you go. They'll make it happen. So uh, interesting, right there. Kind of, I don't know. Cole Beasley's a good player. He's a really good player, and he's done some really good things for the Buffalo Bills. Kind of surprised that he's not happy there. Not too sure if it has to do with what happened last year with the team or not. But and and, and him and all the vaccination BS that was going on with him. I don't know. He just wanna... wants a better shot at winning. I mean, Buffalo's a good team. Who? I mean, who, where's he going to go? Where's he going to get traded to that's going to be a better option right now? I don't know. Maybe it could be touchdowns. He only had one. T- he had 82 receptions, but only one touchdown. Maybe he's jealous of Diggs. Well. You know, maybe he just wants a shot to be the star somewhere else. 
he needs to be a better teammate like Amari Cooper. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, no, I, I, I'm, kidding. Talk, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I had to do it because you said that earlier about uh, a guy. I exactly. Like, if I this was OBJ, it. like, oh, man, I just don't like how people are talking about Cooper Cup. Because I ain't going to lie, that's what it sounds like to me. He's jealous of Stephon Diggs. You had 82 catches last year on the AFC championship losing team. Like, what, what more do you want? How many yards did he have? Do you have that off, offhand? 693, so he wasn't doing much with those 82 catches. Yeah, yeah, he didn't do a whole <laughs> lot with that. He didn't do a whole lot with those uh, those catches. I don't know what the situation is. 8.5 yards per reception, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he was, was catching the ball. He was, I mean, he was basically like a possession receiver. You know, he was a guy that you need six yards, he got seven. I mean, he was. He didn't really have a lot of uh, yak yards, it sounds like. He's their version of Hunter Renfro. He's their slot receiver. He did right. the same thing in Dallas. That's true. But you can't really, like. I feel like he was more productive in Dallas, though, right? He might have been, but then again, Dallas also didn't have the receiver in right. Stephon Diggs. Right, for sure. No, for these sure. past two seasons, they, they were both career highs. He matched um, 82 catches in 2020 and 21, but still both career highs. What about the yards, though? Most he ever had in Dallas was 833. He's never been a star. He's never had an 1,000-yard season. Most touchdowns he's ever had in a season is six, and that was in Buffalo in 2019. So I feel like he's getting too big for his britches. It's like, bro, you are not the star here. Pipe down. Just run your run your run from the slot, run your slants, and be happy. Nice. I love it. I love it. DeMond said he's getting too big for his britches. He sound like my grandmother. I love it. I love it. Vinny Bonsignor just tweeted out, we'll be talking about – oh, I thought he said we were going to be talking too. He said we'll be talking about Trevor Penning on In the Huddle coming up at, uh, at after 4 o'clock. Matter of fact, 530. Uh, I guess he's got – who's he got on talking about that? Cole Blair. Keep, Cole Blair. They're Cole, yeah, Cole Bear. Cole Bear. Oh, Cole Bear. Excuse me. Read that yeah. wrong. No, nah, that's all good. No, I thought it was Cole Blair as well. Uh, so they'll be talking about Trevor Penning. So I guess I'll be part of that conversation coming up at 530 uh, here for the TI while Vinny is there in Indianapolis. Uh, how about this trade proposal? And this is something I want to bring to the table. We'll wrap it up with this. James Bradbury. I talked about him a couple days ago. He's, a, he's with the Giants. He's a defensive back. The Giants are in a cap situation right now that's not looking good. Uh, apparently, according to multiple reports from the NFL Network and NFL Now, the Giants, they're not expected to trade Saquon Barkley, the running back, but cornerback James Bradbury could be had in a trade. Teams are expected to inquire about the former big-ticket free agent who is in the last year of his deal. And I've said it before, Raider Nation, I'll say it again, that is a guy I would keep my eye on. I would not be shocked at all in any way, shape, or form if the Raiders had interest in him. I really wouldn't just because he's familiar with Patrick Graham. He knows what Patrick Graham wants to do. It's very similar, in my opinion, to Casey Hayward. It's very similar, in my opinion, to Denzel Perryman. It's very similar to uh, K.J. Wright. All those guys that had all the familiarity with Gus Bradley, that's what James Bradbury brings to the table. And, and uh, with Patrick Graham, the new defensive coordinator of the Raiders, I just think that it would be a really good fit. That's why I'm definitely looking at that as a possibility could be happening now the reports are James Bradbury could be had in a trade. I don't know what it would take to get him out of Big D, or not Big D, out of uh, Big Blue, out of the Giants uh, organization and get him to the Raiders. I don't know what it would take, but it sounds like they're wide open to it, and uh, it could be something that will happen. That's all I got for you for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. Coming up next, we're going to be talking to Jay Stevens, host of the Locked On Buckeyes. Before I do that, though, I did want to hit the Sam and Ash text line real quick and give you a couple text messages that we got. Uh, and one was a really good one from the 707. Uh, and Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. I think the Raiders have been terrible at developing greatness. They haven't turned very many guys from good to great. I think Max Crosby is doing that now, 
but I can't name many others. I think that's a really good point. That is a really good point. There's been a lot of players, and I think we've seen it over the course of, what, maybe 10 years, that you see them with the Raiders and they do okay. Some of them have shined, obviously, like a like a, a Khalil Mack and, and guys like that. But then they leave and you see them get better and you see them actually kind of live up to the hype that they had. Some, some not necessarily star hype, but okay, I see what that guy could bring to the table. You know, and they weren't able to do that that well with the Raiders. So I do think that there's some, there's some validity to that, that they haven't done a very good job developing, taking talent and making it great. That's something that this new regime has to figure out exactly have to do, how to do. Uh, one last text from Sir Whiskey Ray, Q&D. Checking in. Happy Friday. Big UFC fight tomorrow night. I never thought I'd say, <clears throat> excuse me. I never thought I'd say this, but I hope both of you guys knock each other out for a draw. <laughs> why? Why? Why we gotta knock each other out? Oh no, both guys, not both us. All right. Whew, I thought he was talking about me and you, Demond. I thought he wanted us to go toe to toe. Oh no, he's talking about Masvidal and Covington. Okay. All right. That's who do you got in that fight? Masvidal, because you know Covington, he's the worst. Oh, why has it got to be the worst? He's just annoying. He's like the he's like the wannabe Conor McGregor. He's like basically playing a wrestling character. You meet people and they're like, well, really, if you get to know him, he's a really nice guy. But he's the guy. He's always antagonizing the fans. He's trying to be the heel. And it's like, yeah, shut up. Well, I'll tell you, he was on uh, one of these big TVs that we have here at the TI at the Golden Circle Sportsbook, and he was doing an interview with Stephen A. Smith and uh, Masvidal, and he had no T-shirt on or no shirt on, but he had a bunch of chains on around his neck. So I, I can respect the flex. You know what I mean? Like he was he was flexing. So it's I, all a show. It's all a show. Well, it's I mean it's all a show anyway. So uh, Masvidal, you got him. I'm gonna go with Covington just to go against you. So we'll we have, I mean we have to pick sides. We can't go for the same guy. That would be that'd be kind of lame, right? Like I said, embrace debate. <laughs> Three twenty-eight's the time. When we come back, Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, will join us. We'll start off talking some Chris Olave. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone lines, talk a little Ohio State, the Buckeyes. My guy Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes. You can find him on Twitter at JStevens07. And Jay, thanks so much for your time. Wanted to get you on to talk about some of those Ohio State Buckeyes. And you know how it is. Each and every year, there's plenty of them in the draft. They're eligible, and they're going to be put into the league because that's what Ohio State does, just puts guys in the league each and every year. Got to start off with the wide receiver position Thursday night. Twitter started blowing up Chris Olave. He ran an unofficial 4-2-6, and then uh, all of a sudden it turned around to be a 4-3-9. You cover the Buckeyes like a glove. When the first number came out, 4-2-6, how shocked were you by that initial time? Bro, I was blown away. I was anticipating a low 4-4. High 4-3 would have been um, even eye-popping. But if you say 4-2-6, I mean, (laughs) that's that's not normal. Most – Wide receivers don't have that type of speed. And so for a guy who is trying to move into a solid first-round draft pick, I still think he's probably going to be a second-round draft pick. But if he's trying to move up, I mean, you're got an unofficial 4-2-6, went down to a 4-3-9. Either way, both numbers are amazing. But if you see 4-2-6, that's legit, legitimate track speed in college. And, uh, of course, that handheld is a, lo- a lot different 
after that did that electric timer. Right, exactly. And, and you know, it was so funny because as soon as that that uh, that number hit, that 426, everyone started tagging me on Twitter and said, Q, that's your next Raider wide receiver right there. He's got to be. I mean, that's the dude. That's the speedster. But, I mean, he's a hell of a player anyway. He's been talked about for a very long time. Uh, what are your thoughts on Alave? I mean, didn't run the 426, ran 439, which is still great, like you mentioned. What Just what are your thoughts on him? On, on, how does he project on the next level? Probably a wide receiver, too. Probably a guy that um, more of a possession type receiver, which is not a bad thing. I say that people are like, oh, he's not going to be um, this, this all this this all pro and have five, six, seven Pro Bowls. I mean, maybe he might be that, but as it stands right now, I think he's more wide receiver too. And with a good quarterback of what Derek Carr is, I honestly think that would be a great pairing, a great marriage connection between those two gentlemen if they stay together for five plus years. Because Alave is a guy that he can he. he he has learned how to beat you deep, but he's also learned how to be a very smooth route runner and a guy that's a little bit more slender than I think he weighed in at like 189, which is still a little bit heavier than what I expected. He's checking boxes right now. And the guy who needs, who needs to check boxes in Chris Olave, um, who's a very smooth route runner, a very good wide receiver, a guy that killed defensive backs his entire career at Ohio State. I'm excited to see what he does at the next level. Because I do think with the speed we're seeing and his frame and what he does on the field as far as um, being able to separate in the mid middle part of the route, I think once he gets to the NFL and once he figures that league out and that toughness out, he's going to be a receiver that is going to give DBs fits. Huh, it's interesting. I mean, really interesting. Again, you hear the Chris, the name Chris Olave. We've been hearing it for a very long time. We know he's got great hands. We know what he's been able to do at Ohio State, and now he's trying to shine, and he is shining uh, right now at the Combine in Indianapolis. Talking right now with Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, again on Twitter, at JayStevens07. And uh, wanted to ask you about his teammate. How about his uh, his running mate, Garrett Wilson? He actually ran the 40 officially a little bit faster than Olave. What are your thoughts on Wilson? Well, let's, let's, let's put these two together. That two wide receivers from the same school that both run a four three. That's not normal. No, Q. like no. what we're seeing right now with Ohio State receivers. Um, we saw what Jackson Smith and Jigba did in the in the Rose Bowl, but you have two guys running below four four. One guy's going a solid first round pick. Some Alave is first or second. What the Ohio State's doing right now with their wide receiver wide receiver room is unheard of, and it starts with Garrett Wilson. Now, many people may say. Uh, what was his coming out party? Well, you may have seen a lot of the things he did his freshman year, and then he had that big, amazing catch where he showed off, I would say, it's 40-plus inch vert against Clemson. It's unfortunate that that game was a loss in 2019. But Garrett Wilson, one of my favorite things about him is not just his route running, but that in the middle portions of the route, well, really at the line of scrimmage, middle portion of the route or the top of the route, he's able to get separation with his hands in a way that he can also get it with his feet. A lot of receivers, they get, they're get they good at, um, in college, they're good at one or two or three things. But Garrett Wilson gets you at every single level. Mm. And then you add in 4-3 speed. I mean, I talked to, I had a, a guy on Locked on Buckeyes recently. He's a, he's a scout. He said, on my board, Garrett Wilson is wide receiver one. That's high praise mm. for a guy who has been somewhat – some might say overshadowed by at times because of the career that Olave had, but Garrett Wilson has been just been smooth. I call him a smooth operator. He's just been that guy that can just get the job done. Wide receiver one. And another plus about him, his freshman year, he played slot receiver. 
The past two years, he moved out to the outside. So you're getting a guy who can be the best receiver in his class, who could also play in the slot and on the outside. That's a weapon. That's an, uh, an asset for any team because the footwork when you're playing on the inside versus the outside is different. The mentality is playing from the inside to the outside. And so if he can do all those things and run a 4-3-40, I mean, please, man, <laughs> put him on my team right now. Right, right. Well, that leads me to my next question, Jay. If you're on the hot seat and you got Alave and you got uh, Wilson right there, uh, which one are you picking? Garrett Wilson. Um, <laughs> even, it didn't even hesitate there. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I am I – am, part of the reason I am going Wilson over Olave is because I don't know how the frame of Olave is going to hold up in the NFL. Okay. If once it gets hit by some of these linebackers or hard-hitting safeties, if his body is going to be a little bit too fragile. Now, I did say that he weighed in at 189. I do believe Gary Wilson um, weighed in a little bit less. But the frame, now I get the weight, but the frame itself of Alave is very, very slender. And so I, at part of the reason that I have him below Garrett Wilson, I think Garrett Wilson is the better route runner. Now, you watch a foot, Ohio State football, you see Alave runs good routes. Wilson lo- loves good routes. Wilson just has that little separation a little bit at the line of scrimmage. And then with his hands in the, throughout the route, Wilson's my guy. He's been my guy for a long time. Um, Ohio State fans might not agree with that because Alave has uh, the hearts of every Ohio State right, fan. But right. uh, I got I got GW number one over over Alave. Hey, you know that's fine, and that's why I go to you because I know that you know the inf- inside, you know the info, and, and that's a deal. I mean, the fans they are in love with Alave. A lot of Raider Nation is in, in love with Alave, but uh, I want to know, you know, the nuts and bolts of it. Who is the better wide receiver? Who's the guy long term that's going to be better? And it sounds like it's Garrett Wilson again. Talking right now with Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So I wanted to ask you about a couple other players uh, that the Buckeyes are going to be putting in the league, and there's so many to choose from. I mean, we could be talking for hours, but uh, I just got a couple that I wanted to ask you about. Let's start with the offensive line. How about Nicholas Petit Ferrer? He's massive, 6'5", 315. Uh, I know that he made moves to the left tackle spot. He shined. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, and, and do you think left tackle or right tackle will be the better position for him in the NFL? I love this young man, and you mentioned something that's a very big detail about him. Not just six five, not just the weight, but also that he played with a little right tackle, I believe, in 2020. And then in 2021, due to some shuffling of the offensive line, he moved to the left side of the offensive line. He is somebody that I do believe can be a solid piece on the offensive line for a very long time. His footwork is good. Hand placement is good. Um, he has the frame, and I do think athletically um, he's getting there with that part of his game. But the best thing about this cue, and with me um, looking at things maybe a little bit different than some people some people might think, going from right side to left side, I think is a whole lot trickier than people realize. Right. Your footwork is different. Your hand placement is different. You're lining up literally on the opposite side of the offensive line. The person you are next to is different. Um, the mindset is different. Your what you're looking at is different. Everything is different. Do you have a right-handed quarterback versus a left-handed quarterback? Which way does your quarterback want to roll? Does he want to roll left or right? I mean, there's so many different things you're going from the right side or the left side. And so even though I don't think Pratip is the best or one of the better uh, tackles in the in the class right now, I do think, though, his ability to play both sides of the offensive line at a high level is a huge benefit for him and something that NFL teams will look at and say, well, 
He did good on the left side. He did good on the right side. What's, what's our biggest need on the old line? And can he be a piece that helps us move, move forward and be a better football team? And so I do think that intangible playing right and left, it's a sneaky benefit for him that I don't think the average fan even considers when thinking about a guy who played left tackle last year but really came out and flourished on the right side of the old line in the previous year. Well, I'll say this. The Raiders have a need at the right tackle position. Uh, they went out there and got Alex Leatherwood from Alabama last year, kicked him inside the guard real quick. He just didn't work out at tackle. So there's a big hole at the right side of the Raiders' offensive line. And while I'm sticking with the offensive line real quick, how about Thayer Munford? Uh, he's 6'6". He's 320. He's got the size as well. He's on that offensive line for Ohio State. Uh, thoughts on him? This is a young man that going into last year, I am thinking about Petit Frere and Mumford as he tackles on the Ohio State offensive line. Mumford on the left side, Petit Frere on the right. And I said, oh, great, so the tackles are solidified. Ohio State shuffled the old lineup, moved Thayer Mumford from tackle to guard. Even the, So the same scout that I had on the show recently on Lockdown Buckeyes, before the season even said, Thayer Mumford might be a better guard at the next level than a tackle. He had no idea. I had no idea that Ohio State would move him inside the guard, <laughs> which is Thayer Mumford. And he really flourished. I think it was a little tricky. It was a little hard on him. I think Ohio State made that move a little bit later. I think at the next level, um, you probably will see Jared Muffer play more guard than tackle um, because I think that the athletic ability that needs that he needs on the outside um, and the ability to really be on an island as that left tackle, I don't think he has that. Um, but I do think inside, when you have that center in the, in the tackle – and you're the guard, you're able to communicate and move together. I think he's powerful enough, even though he's taller, even though he is 6'6", I think he's powerful enough to be able to be a, a solid piece at guard at the next level. Now, it's going to take some time because last year what we saw was when you don't give a guy enough time in the offseason to prepare to play on the inside instead of where he was the previous year, you're going to get growing pains. And Ohio State's rushing game was not up to the standard Neither that I set for them or that Ryan Day set for them or that I even think the team set for themselves. I think it was because of the shuffling of the O-line and those guys didn't have enough time to create chemistry in the, in the offseason. You get you give their Mufford a year, two years, to really get his feet wet at guard, I think that's the best fit for him in the NFL. Now, if a team says, hey, no, we want to move you to the outside, great. Of course, it's going to take some more time to get used to that because right. he didn't play any games. at. Well, he played one game at – one or two games at left tackle last year. Ohio State shuffled the all-line a little bit, and uh, I still think the shuffling was a little bad. But he's just going to need some time to get solidified. Is it going to be guard? Is it going to be tackle? And give him some time to get better. None of this one-year, two-year, oh, you don't, you don't cut it. We're going to get rid of you. No, give the man some time because once you're patient with these guys that have a lot of talent, we're going to see more players – flourish in the NFL it's just I do think that sometimes in the NFL the microwave society takes over or mindset takes over and it's oh you didn't do it after a year we're going to get rid of you and the guy's like wait I'm just getting my feet wet <laughs> right I'm just getting used to this league give me some time I think if you give their buffer some time 
um, everything will be A-OK for him in the NFL. You know, sounds like a good guy to have in camp. Sounds like a good guy to provide competition. And at some point when he's ready to take over, he takes over. You know, that's that's, that's nothing it. wrong with that's that. And, and that's how you build an offensive line and keep that uh, depth going. So uh, that's not a bad player to, to keep an eye out on as well. Right now we're talking with Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes. You can find him on Twitter at JStevens07. And before I let you go, I got to close it out with this. I got to bring it home. I got to ask you about... Haskell Garrett, the defensive tackle. He's a Las Vegas native, a Bishop Gorman alum. What are your thoughts on him? What can the big D tackle do on the next level? Q, if you could get a man on your team that got shot in the face in August and then mm. played every single game in that year, that's a guy I want in my corner, and that's Haskell Garrett, yes. Before the 2020 season, he got shot in the face. I believe he was defending somebody at the same time. Right. Um, went through, the bullet went through both cheeks. Played in every game during that season. And I want to say he may have been an All-America. He got some postseason awards at the end of that season because of his play. Haskell Garrett is a guy that's probably going to be a late day two, maybe early day three type of pick. Um, round four, maybe five, round five, maybe six, maybe day, round three, maybe if he does well. If he does well, he, his injury that he had at the senior bowl, if that holds up, maybe round three, but probably a day three pick. This is a young man. His toughness is huge. 6'2", 299, he has the frame, a free technique at D-tackle, and I do believe that he's going to find ways to slither into the backfield and get some TFLs for you, be a solid rotational piece for you, and I do think Haskell Garrett is someone that with his toughness and with his personality is someone that linebackers, D-ends, they're going to love playing with him because he's going to be fun, he's going to make things easier for them, and he's going to be a guy that uses his strength and his frame and his leverage to help linebackers really be the best linebackers they can be for that Raiders defense. Yeah, no, I, I like him. I, I I like him a lot. Again, Las Vegas native, a Bishop Gorman alum, and and anyone who uh, gets shot and plays every game, I'll tell you right now, Jay, if I get shot or if I get – uh, a bullet near me, I'm done for the season. I'm not even saying touching me. I'm saying near hey, me. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you, bro. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm done for the season. I'm tapping out. But uh, Haskell Garrett, that's a tough dude right there. Uh, I like that. So we'll see what happens with him. And uh, wouldn't be mad at that being a day three selection. If he happens to drop to day three, wouldn't be mad at the Raiders making a pickup like that. And I'm sure he wouldn't have any problems staying close to home uh, here in Las Vegas. Well, Jay, fantastic stuff. Again, you can find Jay on Twitter at jsteven07. Jay, what do you got coming out on Locked On Buckeyes, man? Maybe some Raider fans could be on the lookout for ch check in with some of the players that are going to be going to the draft. We'll be talking about the NFL Combine. Q, first, I want to say thank you for thank you for this, man. This has been a, a lot of fun. Um, but talking about the Combine, talking a little Ohio State basketball as well, but primarily NFL stuff. Um, Ohio State football, the Combine's big. Um, one guy you didn't mention is Jeremy Ruckert. Yep. I don't know the needs of the Raiders. But if they need a tight end and somebody that could be um, kind of a backup, I don't think he'll come in right come in right away and start. But come in and be a piece that he's a good blocker, solid blocker. But that's not what you want a tight end for a lot of times. You want a guy to catch the ball. Yep. And he is athletic. And I'm looking forward to really seeing more of him, not just combine, but also pro day. And hearing what some of these scouts and executives and coaches have to say about him, because he's a guy that I'm going to talk about on the show that I do think is somebody that could be getting overlooked at Ohio State because of his lack of catches that he had at Ohio State. That's not a knock on him. Right. It's just the play calls, the, the passes. We talked about it. Went to Wilson, Alave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, CJ Stroud really, didn't, really did not throw the ball to the tight end. But a lot of combine recap, a lot of basketball. But 
Um, really mainly football because, as you know, Q, Buckeye fans, they want football. <laughs> I got to give them what they want. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, spring ball's coming around the corner, so you'll give them some more of that too. Spring ball's right around the corner, uh, and that's going to be fun as well. And, of course, Ohio State, they're going to pack the house just for a spring game, right? They'll pack the house. Yeah, <laughs> you know how it is, man. Fans yes. go crazy. They got football in Columbus. Everybody comes out to have a good time. Right, absolutely. Well, Jay, this has been a great time as always, my man. I do appreciate your insight. I go to you because I know you're the man with all the plans and all the action. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Yes, sir. You would love it, man. Have me on any time. Let it be back. There he goes. That's my guy, Jay Stevens, giving us a peek behind the curtain when it comes to Ohio State Buckeyes and really wanted to talk a little Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, the two wide receivers that are going to go very early in the draft. Then had to bring it home with a little Haskell Garrett right there, the Vegas native, Bishop Gorman to love. Uh, good stuff right there from my guy, Jay. Uh, we're here at the TI, Golden Circle Sportsbook is where we're hanging out. I'll be here till 6 o'clock. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. 3.51 is the time. Got a few minutes left in unnecessary roughness, but that does not mean the party's over. Matter of fact, the party's just starting. We got Vegas Jess in the building here at TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. We got Demi Dim in the building. We got Jason, a.k.a. Twilight, in the building. <laughs> He'll never, I'll never forget that nickname, ever. He probably should have never told me that, but it's all good. Vice Raider came by a little while ago. Had a couple young ladies from the Bay Area stop by and pick up a couple T-shirts, said that they listen to DeMond every day. Uh, so they're big DeMond fans. They said, DeMond, they're going to go to the uh, Bad Bunny concert. I guess it's tomorrow night. I didn't realize that. So much going on. You should go to that concert, DeMond. You should have got you some tickets. Oh, Bad Bunny's too rich for my blood. Oh, how much were the tickets? I don't know, but he's like the biggest artist in the world, man, globally. They're, they're I know he's lot. big. They're a lot? They're a lot. Oh, wow. Like, Thank you, Danny. They're probably three, four hundred dollars a piece. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, then lot. you should just hang out outside when the show's over. Yo, that, that's what you should do. Like back in the day when, uh, thanks, Doc. When I, uh, when I would go to the, when I couldn't get into the club, I would just hang outside the club. Because, For how long? Well, I mean, you you're strategic, man. You show For up on the whole set. No, no, you show up at, at, at the club when it's it's about to get over because all the ladies are inside partying. And then they're ready to come out, and then so you stay out so till I, two, yeah. three o'clock in the morning, just hey, outside the club. Real, yeah, real, Danny, this don't sound like a good plan to me. I'm no, it's, no, no. I would show up like around if the if the club got out, if the club was over at two, I'd get there about one. So what'd you do beforehand to still be out at one? I was partying just in my own zone. You know, By hey, yourself, huh? so no, he's man. He's across the street. Look, at let me the tell bar. you something. There's one thing you could. There's one thing I could tell you about me, Demond. I ain't never just hung out by myself. Like I, I'll find friends. I'll make friends. I'll go somewhere by myself, but I'll make friends. Like I can sit here in this uh, Golden Circle sports book right now and go find some swinging D's that look nothing like me, and we'll be friends. It don't matter. Pause. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I make friends with everybody, man. This is what I do. You do the same thing, Devon. Everywhere you go, you make friends. You're good at that. That's oh yeah, I'm a great time. I'm a good hang. That's where. Yeah, I know. Caleb told me. Caleb told me that you're a good, good. Uh, Good time. You know what? I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> we did go out this past weekend, and it was like it was like an okay time. Oh, now we're turning the corner with Kayla. Now we're getting somewhere. No, we go out all the time. So, what did you guys do? That was that was fun. You know what? You know, the show's running out. I only got like a minute of time, but you know <laughs> we got two hours left now, to go. Well, you know uh, the unnecessary roughness portion of the show. 
Guy only has a minute left. Like Bill Romanowski always tells me, it's always necessary roughness. It's never unnecessary. Hey, you got a minute to explain. I, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting for uh, Demond to say what him and Kayla was doing over the weekend. That was fun. I think he's just trying to kill time. Oh, man. We need this story, Demond. Yeah, it's all good. No worries. No worries. Just hung out with some friends. That's all. Okay. All right. Well, that's hey, that's a step. That's a step in the right direction. I like it. Vinny Bonsignor, he is in Indianapolis. I'm here at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. I'm going to be hanging here till 6. We're going to be doing what we do, a little radio action here. So uh, stick around. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot coming up for you the next two hours. It's Friday night. Come hang out with us, man. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.